Hi, and welcome to the Ministry of Geek. I'm Richard F. And I'm Richard S. Well, we're um, at episode seven, Richard, which means, by my calculations, we've done six episodes of the Ministry of Geek so far. That's impressive math. <laughs> that is impressive math. The reason why I think this is important is that uh, that means we've done just over, or about three hours worth of podcasting uh, in our short lifetime on the internet. Do you know uh, Malcolm Gladwell? You've heard of him? I do, yes. Yep. yes. I don't know. Have you heard about his 10,000 hour hypothesis? No, I haven't. Okay. Well, so he's a pretty well-known writer, journalist, a bit of a geek himself. He hypothesized that you need to do about 10,000 hours of purposeful practice uh, or training to get really proficient or to, to gain mastery of a uh, of a discipline, such as martial arts, uh, playing a musical instrument, or podcasting. So I was thinking, we've done three hours. That means we've only got 9,997 hours uh, left of practice until we become masters of the podcasting medium. That's impressive. <laughs> um, and I'm very glad to say that I think I've got enough uh, gadgets in my graveyard to cover all well, those things. That's cool. Well, actually, I thought, well, how long would it take us? To reach mastery. And uh, if we do 30-minute episodes for, what, every fortnight, that works out at about 766 years, just shy of eight centuries. I'm just not sure <laughs> that podcasting has been going to be around for that long. No, no, but uh, you know, I think we'll stick at it. I think our yeah, listeners okay. will stick at yeah. it, and uh, then we'll and, become masters. And I, I really hope for their sake, the listeners' sake, that we become proficient ahead of 10,000 hours. Well, I'm not guaranteeing anything. No, I'm, I'm not, not guaranteeing, guaranteeing anything. No. Anyway, so 10,000 hours, let's go for it. Uh, hey, last week, oh, actually last fortnight, uh, Richard specced up the mother of all PCs. It, it was, was a beautiful thing. What was it? A Dell? Alienware, ALX, Area 51, something. Right. It was Yours a beast. $12,500. Was that pre-GST, including GST? Or well, that, that's the old 125 GST. Right. So. Okay. So I took it upon myself as a bit of homework to spec up a corresponding Mac Pro. Because you're allowed to talk about Apple this time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. coincidentally. It's coincidental, right? So I, I spec'd up a Mac Pro, and I I purposely tried to pick out the, the biggest components, because that's what you were doing, and sort of filled it up. And I got myself here a dual 6-core, which is 12-core um, Mac Pro. These are 2.93 gigahertz processors. Uh, I, could, I, I couldn't just stop at 12 gigs of memory, uh, Richard. I had to bump it all the way up because I thought, Let's, we'll go badass on this. So 32 gigabytes of memory. Um, I'm not too sure if it's as fast as stuff you had. Might not have been. Uh, we had a RAID card because you had RAID, so you know we've got to have RAID as well. You had, what, 256 gigabyte um, SSDs? This has got dual 512 gigabyte SSDs. That's quite a lot. It's quite a lot. Although not a lot of storage for the number of uh, CPUs and amount of memory. Well, thought I'd add that in too. So we've got an extra four terabytes of onboard uh, SATA storage. Uh, Dual um, graphics cards. It's already got dual interface uh, gigabit Ethernet, so didn't have to add any more. No Blu-ray, you know, because Mac, Apple, they don't do Blu-ray. It's megahertz. Sorry. Does it it even have like a CD reader? Uh, yeah, it's got an 18 times Has it got a drive. stupid name like a super drive? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Okay. I figured because we couldn't get Blu-ray, I'd just go for the one. Uh, input devices, couldn't get that nice little pink Belkin thing, so I just went for the Magic Mouse and, of course, the lovely Magic Trackpad. I guess one of the nice things with Apple is you, you don't actually have a choice, do you? <laughs> no, not really. No, okay. you, well, you get a choice of one or nothing yeah, quite often. You can have a wire right. on it or, or no wire. wire yeah. yeah, Went for the wireless keyboard, of course. 
And of course, you know, since we've got all these wireless devices, uh, I had to buy a battery charger for an extra 50 bucks. <laughs> and well, that's really pushed the pricing up. It, it is, it is. And of course, this super system would not be complete without Microsoft Office. Unfortunately, I could only get 2008, so I'm not going to be able to collaborate with you uh, using Surprise. all that Office I mean, Microsoft is, you know, is about to announce 2011 for the Mac platform. Yeah, but then I'll still be a year out from you because you're 2010. Oh, true. You know, I don't think true. we've got sort of uh, time travel collaboration in there. So anyway, how much do you think this Mac Pro would cost? Well, I'm thinking, I mean, all I can see in front of me, I mean, it's quite ugly. It's kind of a, a horrible grey colour. Not much of an there's, avatar. There's only a single avatar. Yeah, it's like a, no choice. Like, what is that, a piece of fruit? Yeah. Yeah, it's like an apple thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I'd pay... 10 grand, maybe? Yeah, not not even a choice of colours, really, is it? It's no. silver or silver. Richard, this is a bargain. Um, this is obviously a pre-rise uh, in GST price here, but it's inclusive GST at 12.5%. $27,000. Bargain. Ships in three to five business days. Free shipping. Free shipping? Free shipping. Ah, oh, so yeah, more. Yeah, so... Uh, Does it come with a warranty? Uh, actually, I didn't uh, go for that because that would have bumped up the price even more. And who wants Apple Care? Anyway? Yeah, no, who wants yeah. Apple Care? No, this thing's rock solid. So, yeah, um, I don't know if that means that there's a premium. It's not exactly spec for spec the same, but it's sort of close enough, I figured. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that, that, that was the mother of all Macs versus the mother of all Dell PCs. We did take a little bit of flack for that too, didn't we, Richard? Uh, yeah, I, some people actually thought that we were dissing Dell, um, and uh, yeah, we yeah we're always a little bit tongue in cheek, I think. But you know, I you know, I buy a lot of Dell stuff, and so I don't think that I'm an anti Dell person. Yeah, the Dell boy. Oh, I'm, exactly, I'm a bit of a Dell fan, so it makes me <laughs> the original Dell boy. The original Dell boy. boy so. Yeah, I, I I thought it was a little bit unfair because um, whilst I might have been a little bit more tongue in cheek, you were dead serious. Absolutely. So I got yeah. a lot of dead Dell, so I was dead <laughs> serious. Hey, look, speaking of dead things, and actually this is not dead, we thought, um, well, last time around we forgot to do the, the Gadget Graveyard. We kind of ran out of time. Uh, and so we thought, you know, since that's our only part of our show that has anything that sort of Regular. recurs and regulars mm. each week, uh, that we bring it forward for this week and we would talk about this lovely little black box that I have in my hand, which is a Vantech, a well-known name, a Vantech network attached storage device it's a nickstar lx it is mm, it's black now it's, it is black um it's got a lovely it's got a few switches on the back and I, this is my favorite bit i can adjust how fast the fan goes <laughs> normally Excellent. normally normally i would hope that the device would decide the fan speed based on need yep but here i get to manually override that and cook it it's, like a, it's like a turbo switch really it the is. fan isn't it yeah <laughs> you need uh, that yeah. Um, anyway, so the reason it's in my gadget graveyard is because you know naturally, you know I got this well not naturally but I got this many years ago and I plugged it in as my backup solution. Right. And I got the mighty I don't know two hundred gig drive and I partitioned it into thirty eight partitions, uh, each with a dedicated you know um, security configuration. Um, and then the idea was that all my different devices would connect to it over the network and would do backup. Hmm. Clearly, it's uh, it's not doing that since it's here. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> uh, well, one of the things you discover, of course, is that you know, a hundred megabit network is not very close oh, to USB. Okay. USB two mm, speeds, and right. that it's painfully, painfully slow. Right. This was uh, obviously in the days of hundred megabit being pretty standard in these sorts of things. Hundred yeah. megabit still still standard in my house. Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry. I'm kind of like got gigabit Ethernet on oh, this okay. desk. Sorry about that. Yeah, I can. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So um yeah so the, so the reason I brought, so in the end it became too frustrating it was right. too slow too yeah, partition slow. too slow so in the end it just ended up as like a 
yeah. um, a, you know, a hard disk that sat on the back of a USB. And in the end, I thought, no, I've got better devices for that. So mm. it got retired. So wait However, a oh, can I just ask a question, yes. Richard? Why did you have to partition it into so many little pieces? Best practice. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm not, buying that. I'm not buying that. <laughs> Isn't that what everyone tells you? You partition your hard drive and you know allocate different users, different amounts. Oh, okay, because you know, yeah, one for, me, one one for, your for kids. the wife, one for the kids. Yeah, the one kids for the cat. One. Yeah, that. Okay. I got a Windows one and maybe a Mac one, and a, you know, uh, yeah. Actually, is that multi um, file system supporting? Yeah, so yeah, supports... supports NTFS and FAT and FAT32. Uh, okay, so no, no HFS. Uh, no. No, um... oh, no, I don't think so. Or, uh, it's got its Mac address yeah. stuck on the... On the that's quite cute. <laughs> I think it's a different Mac there, anyway. So anyway, but having said that, so having retired it many years ago, yep. shortly, in all fairness, not long after I purchased it, um, I haven't really solved my backup problem, and so I thought it would be kind of nice to talk about how we do backup. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Well, so well, let's, let's start with you, since you've already told us about one abject failure in this space, and... What are you doing now? What have you got? Have you got a, like a NAS device? Have you got a so your own SAN in the in the garage or just USB drives all over the place? So what I've got is USB drives all over the place. <laughs> okay. So I so I've yeah. got my main PC and then to to the left of it is a so I got a Mac Mini which came with a very generous sixty gig Ooh, hard drive. Yeah, yeah. Back great. when Apple thought that there was some yeah. reason they couldn't put a decent sized uh, yeah. hard drive in there. Uh, to the left of that, there's a one terabyte drive, and to the right of that is the other terabyte drive that backs right. up the first terabyte, terabyte. drive. Yeah. Uh, the other sixty, I don't worry about. Um, but then I've got that. So that so I felt good about that. I felt For like a look, you know, a lot yeah, of people, yeah. unlike a lot of people, I do have a backup. Yeah. And then of course it was like, well, do you have an offsite backup? It's like, oh. Yes, I do. Mm. So occasionally I take a copy of that, but a terabyte's quite a lot to copy. Copy that, and I take that off-site. Um, but then that's only really my Mac. And then right. I've, got, I've got Windows. And my, I've got little external hard drives that I plug into my Windows machine. Uh, it's just it's yeah, a bit painful. It's, it's, it's kind of like manual RAID as well. And then you know, the, yeah. the disk I take off-site, mm. you know, if I, if I want to update it, I have to bring it back on-site. And what happens if my house burns down right then? God, man, that's a lot of complexity you got to deal with there, Richard. I don't know how you're doing it. So you got a new kind of regime going on then? Well, I, I put some of the stuff on the cloud. Mm. Which uh, cloud? Uh, the, well, there is only a cloud, really. Um, I can't afford the Exologic uh, oh, Elastic, elastic cloud. cloud from Oracle. <laughs> so you're using so that cheap I'm using the cloud, real, the real internet, cloud. Real internet yeah. cloud. Okay. So I stick my stuff um, on the Amazon A3. S3? S3. 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 Uh, service um, yeah. and I use a, yeah, okay. I use a product called Jungle Disk. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's owned by Rackspace. Ah yeah, um, that's nice. And so what, I, what the reason I chose them um, a lot of a lot of services like um, what's the other one we use Dropbox for example. Yeah, Dropbox. They they encrypt between me and the their storage, but not on storage. but not on the storage. Whereas the Jungle Disk encrypts on my side, sends it encrypted. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, to the other side and then stores encrypted. So yeah. um, it's pretty it, safe. Which is pretty safe, you know, because yeah. they can't see it and yeah. nobody else can see it except for Go- me. Google can probably see it. Well, yeah, I like to have my stuff indexed anyway, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I've been using that. And the nice thing about that is that as soon as I put a document or yeah. put a photo up there, it gets automatically synced up and it's backed up. How much are you sticking in the cloud? Because I've looked at those sorts of solutions and I've always been a bit mingy about my data usage and I'm a bit worried about blowing out data by putting huge amounts of stuff into the cloud you I got about I got about 10, 10 11 gigs oh, yeah. sitting on the cloud at the moment um, 
the Amazon pricing is very competitive. The nice thing, the nice thing I like about Jungle Disk is that you only pay for what you use. Right. And you basically you pay for it at Amazon standard pricing, which is about twelve to fifteen US cents per gigabyte per month. That's cheap. So it's only costing me two three dollars to store mm. that that ten gigs, and then everything else is supposed to be on my offsite backup. We could actually create disk images and just stick them onto archive.org where we stick our um, podcasts. And we could use that as a backup medium. Well, <laughs> I don't know if they'd really like that. Yeah, I'm not sure they'd appreciate that. Really. No, no. Okay. <laughs> we, 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 we generate enough traffic for them. We do, we do. But um, okay. the, the, the problem, and I think is what you were actually alluding to, was the cloud's all well and good, um, so long as you don't have data caps. Yeah, and of course, we do. I tried to push some photos up the other day, and I... I really enjoyed dial-up speed again. It's it's a pleasure to, to it's experience like that again. It is. It's, it's a bit of nostalgia for the old computer user. It is yeah. not okay. Well, um, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about my setup. So I've got just actually around me. Um, I think about six and a half to seven terabytes of storage around me in various uh, pieces. I because I've got mainly a Mac setup. I do use a time capsule, which is a NAS device. It looks exactly like the Vantech. Uh, Nexstar Alex, except it's white and has a different avatar on it, uh, and it probably costs about ten times the price. I'm sure for about well, it's only got a 500 gig drive in there, and I had another 500 out the back of the USB port. You can't see it, can you, Richard? It's actually is hidden. It that one? It's hidden behind. I was sure that was near port. Uh, yeah, no, no, it's hidden behind the little uh, Yoda doll. Um, but that works really well, and it uses the single time machine, so it just automatically um, does incremental backups every hour while I'm connected in. I've got my two, three, oh, actually two desktop machines connecting to that, and that sort of does me for just the file kind of backup stuff. Um, I've got another couple of you know external drives which I copy things onto as a bit of a manual thing. Um, I've got a couple of very small two, 250 gig drives which I use for image, for image backups, which I try and do on a weekly basis so that I can... I can boot off those if I have a catastrophic failure. Oh, so by image, not photo images. No, 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 yeah, no, disk image, disk image, yeah. So they're really useful. So they get, you know, they all they do is just image backups of my uh, machine so I can boot up from them if anything really bad happens, and then I can restore off the time machine. Uh, and then I do have off-site backup. I've got about a terabyte of storage off-site um, in a secure uh, facility, it's actually my mum's retirement home, <laughs> and they've, but they've, you know they've got um, a, a state-of-the-art fire suppression system. Which I'm sure is they've this, got cameras on the door as they, well. They have. They've yeah. got sprinklers and stuff. And yeah, you know, every sort of week when I go see her, I I take the disc, you know, drop it off. She thinks I bring it's a it gift. Back. She actually has no idea what it is, and she wonders why I stick it um, in the closet. And uh, she's got so absolutely it, no idea what it is. Is it encrypted? Uh, no, no, it's not. Um, but I figure it's got so many layers of physical security in that place, yeah, it and it's got all these guards who are also the residents of yeah, the retirement they're village. Feisty, aren't they? they are. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't want to go past them. Uh, so I figured, you know, no, it's not encrypted. I could do that, but you know, I just it's, it's an extra hassle. So I've not really taken to the cloud storage unless I consider, you know, my mum's place a cloud. It's a virtual cloud. Virtual cloud. Virtual cloud. Right. Yeah. So, so you know, if you were okay, so so the 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 disc that you take off site, it's a copy of your stuff from the time machine, or is it, uh, no, or is it yet another backup? Yeah, regime? it's just another, another backup. backup yeah. Regime, yeah. I, I, what I'm thinking of doing is buying another disc because terabyte drives are cheap, yeah. right? And just cycling them. Well, you're through. a bit short, six point five. Yeah, well, and there's got another two in the other room. Um, so, I, but I, I kind of have got it all covered. But I use kind of a manual RAID system. 
so it's all kind of locked up there in my brain as to where stuff is. But I, I do know I've got multiple copies. There's that adage around you don't really have a backup unless you've got, what, three copies of it on two different medium, and one of them's off-site. I've heard this. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's so, kind of neat about the cloud is, particularly Jungle Disk, it's got that kind of synchronization thing going on. So every time yeah. I push something onto the cloud, not only have I got it on the cloud, because let's be honest, if you store something in Amazon, it is only 999 oh. Nine 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 five percent durable. Durable, um, not available. Durable. No durable. Oh, okay. I'm, uh, I'm not aware actually, of that. one of the neat things about Amazon, if if you're content with your data to only be ninety nine point nine 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 percent durable, you can actually get a cheaper price. And what did you only, go for? Oh, I've gone for the full. Oh, I need the, right. I need the nine, nine. You need the extra durability. Yeah. I, I've got photos on there of my kids. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, but the nice thing is, of course, every time I push it up to the cloud, the other devices that I've got synced with Jungle Disk, so my work machine, my work laptop, they all pull that information down as well. So I've got some additional durability by the fact that it gets automatically right. replicated yeah, out yeah. to those. Okay. So you're using also bandwidth, though, aren't you, in terms of dragging that stuff down? Yeah, but not yeah. all of it's my bandwidth. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Uh, exactly. uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, they're, they're sponsors yeah. of the show. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They love us. Yeah. Um, now you said you've got about you've got about six tera, six and a half, six and a half. Well, actually, and on the desk and around the desk and another two. I feel awkward about this because you know I did a bit of a count up. I think I've only got about five terabytes in my house. I don't know if I can be your friend. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but but I have been recently thinking about you know maybe replacing this NAS because you know it was a big success for me uh, <laughs> with another one. Right. And you know one of the thoughts. You know, when you start to think about storage, you do get tend to get just that little bit, I find a little bit paranoid. So I thought, maybe I should get one with two discs and right. mirror them. Yeah. I, but I just... I feel, so, don't you feel wasteful? I, I, I feel ripped off. <laughs> I do too. You know, it's kind of like, there's a whole, you know, you yeah. buy it, it's like, it's a two terabyte NAS, but I'm only going to get, get one. one. Yeah. And I could buy one for yeah. half the price. Yeah. And it's like... I just find it so hard to do. But you know, the other thing I'm paranoid about is the larger these discs get is the more stuff you stick on them, which means a greater failure if one disc goes. So I almost feel better having small, Smaller you know, disc. 500 gig drives yeah. and stuff rather than having terabyte or two terabyte. I mean, two terabyte, oh, that'd be really cool. But then I'll lose two terabytes when it well, goes. Well, I, I was faced with this. Well, part of sort of taking that kind of issue on board is um, I had a full, uh, you know, I've got uh, yeah, half a gig that I've allocated to Time Machine for my Mac. Half, half a gig? Yeah. Half a, sorry, half, half a terabyte. 500 gig. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. That I've allocated to Time Machine. Um, and I thought, oh, probably the easiest way to back that up would just be to take a copy of it. And because I had lots of space, I gave it lots of space. Right. And now to take an off-site copy of that, I'm going to need another device that's got, you know, 500 gigabytes. You should buy another Time Machine. And so I had to buy, <laughs> so I had to buy a really yeah. big external hard, you know, right. portable two and a half inch hard drive, which I got a really good price on on my head. Yeah. Oh, they're cheap as chips now. Yeah. They, they will be actually giving them away, you know, uh, when you go to the fish and chip shop. You know, just terabyte here, terabyte there. Yeah. That's the a problem. The price of fish and chips has gone up quite a lot, though, hasn't <laughs> yes. it? So. I remember going to an industry presentation, it can't have been more than five years ago, where the guy was talking about you know this notion of one day there will be the terabyte home, where you and your home will have one terabyte of storage, and everyone's going, oh no, that's just crazy. But he's like, yeah, sure, you know, in your DVR, and your computer, and an external drive. And really that notion is completely blown away, isn't it, by what we're doing today. And now the problem is, what the heck do we do to back up all the storage we've got? Exactly, exactly. So, so let's, hey, let's put something out there for people to laugh at. One day you will have one petabyte in your house. And that's just your backup disk. <laughs> I'm not talking about real useful data here. Actually, 
I, I was having this conversation with someone at work because um, they were kind of saying, oh, yeah, you know, what, uh, said exactly the same thing. You'll have a petabyte. I was thinking, will we? I mean, what what's going to... There's always a risk because you're trying to guess into the future. But what's going to chew up enough data that I'm going to need a petabyte? That's a easy. thousand terabytes. No, it's easy. Right. Consumers are suckers. They will go, look, Richard, I've got the latest... 100 megapixel camera and you'll be like I'm going to get the 104 megapixel camera alright and those babies produce photos with enough resolution they're of no use to man or beast (laughs) unless your actual desire is to blow up the little guy that's right in the back at the stadium the other side of the night no fair enough and in fact they'll go one further because actually photos don't take that much storage video is the beast so there'll be multi quadrillion megapixel video cameras of you know, some amazing super, super ultra HD And it's a picture uh, of, of, a, of a child, you know, playing in a sandpit. Yeah, really wobbly too. Yeah. So. Okay, so yeah, we will get to petabyte yeah, um, we will. storage. We will. You hit it. You hit it. You hit it here. Yeah. Okay, we're, we're hedging our bets though. Speaking of upgrades, we're going to talk about Intel's CPU upgrade this cards. Th- this feels wrong to me, Richard. Oh. This feels wrong. But you, you, you tell it. What so let's talk things? about this. So let's just, for those of you that haven't heard, Intel are going to provide an upgrade card. And the idea is you'll be able to go in. It'll give you a number. You'll be able to go in through some, uh, I don't know how you do it, actually. I think it's just a, it's probably it's a, piece a piece of software. software through a piece of software. So you type in, your, type in your number. And essentially you will release additional capabilities of your CPU. You might go from four cores to six cores. Or, or boost the speed. Or more the, cache. The secondary cache. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> This shouldn't feel bad because we've been doing this all along, right? You buy Windows. I think you were saying the other day you uh, you just got an unlock code for the version of Windows you're installing on something because Ultimate is basically installed on there and you're just unlocking the features. Let me let me tell you what an unsatisfying experience that oh, is. Oh, okay. Though. Okay, so you order it. Oh, you know, yeah. Here in New Zealand, you can't get it online, so you order it. It comes in by a courier package. You open it. There's a box, you know, nice Windows box, kind of a little one, and you open the box, and inside there's a card. Right. With a number on it. It's like and a Prezi card. It's like a Prezi card. <laughs> and you're kind of thinking, man, that just cost me $200, $210. And you type in the number and Windows goes, oh, hang on, just wait a minute. <laughs> a couple of minutes later, you've got more functionality. And it's just like, I put my card back in my box and I took my box home because I paid a lot of money for that box mm, and that card. You don't want to lose I that. I don't want to lose that. You feel kind of ripped off, eh? You yeah. think, it just doesn't feel right. But we've been doing things like, say, Windows and in-game um, you know, or in application or in game upgrades where you do that. So, you know, it's not a big step to say let's upgrade the CPU capabilities, but it just feels wrong, doesn't it? Just yeah. something about it. I'm sure it's environmentally more friendly because you're not having to have multiple models of chip, right? You just produce one and make it software um, controllable. But I don't yeah, know. I, I, I would stick away, away from those sorts of things. It feels wrong. Yeah. And not only that, but the, the people who, who that I read it, you know, the, the article I read was like, you know, it's such an attractive target for hackers. Because um, <laughs> yeah, unlike yeah, Windows, yeah. where it's yeah. constantly verifying itself, the CPU doesn't get a chance to cry out to the internet and complain that maybe it's been hacked. So yeah. if somebody so, breaks it, they break it. So. What are they going to do? It might lower the uh, processing power or speed or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, but you, could, you might want to overclock it. So what are we going to talk about now, Richard? Hey, let's talk about um, let's talk about packing for a gig holiday. Because <laughs> you're so, going on holiday. I'm going on holiday, which is every yeah. time I go on holiday, actually, I become paranoid about backup, which is where the whole backup thing comes from. Just in case my house gets robbed, right. burns down, you know. Um, so I was kind of wondering, what, what would you take on holiday? What well, are you, you know, assuming you're allowed to take anything? I'm not talking about spousal control. All right. Well, I, I, 
Did you write a list? Is that your list? That's a long list. No, there's only a couple of lines here. Not really a lot, actually, because I do like to travel light, and I always end up taking far too much. And in the past, I would have taken things like computers and laptops and things. Nowadays, um, I would take the iPad. Uh, I guess I'd always take my iPhone. I don't really think too much about that. I'd probably take my Yoda soft toy. Right. Uh, I don't know if you've seen my Yoda backpack, which is what I would put the Yoda soft toy, the iPad, and is the Is that iPhone like a in. theft prevention thing? <laughs> no, it, well, yeah, I guess <laughs> yeah, so. Okay. But also it means people don't sort of bug you. Actually, you get stopped along the street by lots of kids. That happens quite a lot. They point at you and sort of smile. So um, that, 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 that excites you to <laughs> uh, The other thing I'd probably take um, is, you know, like a, a decent size flash memory drive or portable hard disk. Now, the reason is not because I want to take anything with me, is that sometimes you meet people and they've got stuff to give you, and if you don't have storage on you, then there's no way for you to receive it. it does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> I can honestly say, I've never gone on holiday and met people that want to give me data. <laughs> what are we talking, like in a nightclub? No, well, you know, hey, like might be really... a mate and might, hey, I've got a podcast uh, when you're listening okay. to and you don't want to download it, or here's a movie. Or, yeah, well, I mean, um, you know, and once you've got on the backup. USB, you'd be, able to, you'd be able to plug that into your iPad, wouldn't you? Uh, uh, if, no. no, if no. I had the camera connection kit, maybe. But this would be a great way we could swap backups, you know, with each other. Yeah, true. As long we as they're encrypted. Yeah. yeah. Uh, GPS. So I've, um, I guess if I'm driving, I'd use the little GPS thing that I've got in the car. That is absolutely a thing I'd take, especially with travelling around Auckland. But yeah, not yeah. a lot actually. What would you take? Well, you know, I've, I've thought about this, and so I'm I'm going to be taking my iPad. Uh, I'm going to take my iPhone, obviously, because again, you know, it's just your phone, phone, right? So it doesn't really count. Yes, it doesn't um, count. I'm going to take a Wi-Fi hotspot. I'm going to take my Wi-Fi hotspot with my uh, 3G uh, Ooh, communication, fancy, fancy. so that uh, all the rest of us, who all the other people in my family, have got iPods and what have you, can connect to the internet and uh, and do exactly what they do at home. And, and the other people, maybe in the um, holiday sort of. Yeah, accommodation, well, you know, in the adjoining rooms. You I mean, that's the way you make friends, isn't you it? You could pump it out to them. and You could. And, yeah. and once you've made good friends with them, maybe they want to share some data with you. <laughs> you could share some, which you won't be <laughs> able to take I wasn't position take, of because you I'm don't have taking, any portable storage. I'm not taking a USB key. Yeah, yeah. I think you should take the Vantec uh, Nexstar LX with well, you. Well, I might. Except over 100 megabit, it's going to be that's actually a bit slow and cumbersome. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm not going to take it. All right. Yeah. So. Oh, that's cool. Well, I'll be interested to see, I'll be well, interested to see what other people take because th- I have to say that that's the easy stuff. The, the mm. stuff that really does my head in is all the charges for all the various things that need charging. So cameras, video cameras, DVD players, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. charges for the iPad. Yeah. Thankfully, the iPhone's the same. My wife's got a different phone, so no, it's charge not. for that. The iPad and the iPhone use completely different uh, charges, Richard. And in fact, you should not charge your iPad through your iPhone charger because you could actually blow the iPhone charger up. They're completely different wattages. Did you not know that? <laughs> <laughs> You're kidding, right? No, I'm not kidding, and I'm very, very careful not to swap them. I'm not too sure what happens if you charge your iPhone off your iPad charger, but definitely do not do the other way around. There's lots of warnings out there um, because it draws way too much power, and you could actually blow the charger. And it could actually damage your device. Richard's actually got a, a, a shocking look on his face right now. You know, I actually think you're serious about I, that. I'm, no, I am totally serious. You ask um, Angela, she knows I said, oh. do not put the iPhone or the iPod Touch into this one and do not do it the other way around. No, that's different wattages. Or I, get a, I really get a really quick charge off it, though, for the iPhone. Yeah, yeah, that, that's probably really doing great things for your battery. I'm going to check that out. I'll show you after we finish the podcast. Anyway, anyway. Um, Tell me about, you showed me something about some really cool 3D glasses, which 
gets back to the whole, I really hate 3D and I'm not into it, but you showed me some glasses which might just change my mind. Yeah, so this was the Lumen... Loomis? Loomis? Yep. Sounds like a disease. So they've got some glasses, they're pretty cool, uh, in a kind of a 1960s kind of way. Um, And they are... Basically what they do is they project... um, They shoot an image through a glass lens... Uh, into what they've got like these multiple layers of glass what into your eye no you know, onto the actual glass itself right. but somehow um so essentially that becomes like a screen um but it appears like it's a long way away from you so rather than appearing like it's a screen right in front of your eye mm. it tricks your eye into thinking actually it's looking out at um essentially a 60 inch screen fantastic um and the neat thing about it is you know to do both eyes, it has to have separate projection systems anyway, wow. and so that means it can project different images. Yeah, and that of course means it can do stereoscopic images and that's three D. Three D. Well, I'm a bit confused as how we could use them to watch a film together. Uh, well, you need your own pair. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I think it'd <laughs> well, be one of those expensive. things. It'd be yeah. one of those you'd kind of probably sit next to each other and you could be watching totally different films. <laughs> But still cuddle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that, and, that could be and great. one of you would get the soundtrack and one of you wouldn't, yeah. presumably. But, yeah, very cool. Um, they they say they're using it in the yeah. in the US military. Now, those guys always get the stuff before we do. Yeah, you'd think their world was crazy enough to start with, eh? Yeah. Without you know, augmenting yeah. their reality. They have all the fun. So the augmented reality bit um, fascinated me, because it's a little bit like that, uh, that thing in Star Wars where... Luke Skywalker is looking through those binoculars and he gets all these readouts on there. That, that's what we could get through these glasses, right? Yeah. In 3D. Yeah. yeah. What, Star Wars? <laughs> Actually, don't talk to me about Star Wars in 3D because that's something that's really annoying me. So I think just this week, George Lucas has announced that he's such a big fan of Star Wars. I think he went and saw Avatar with a few other million people, billion people on the planet, and he thought it was really good. And now he's going to release the whole Star Wars series in 3D. Fans uh, are probably going to be up in arms about it. I don't know what anyone else is saying, but I'd say no. i say stop fiddling with it. Uh, this is a childhood memory for me. It's very precious. Don't add it in 3D because I don't want it. How do you feel about so, this, Richard? So given it's a childhood memory, you were, you preferred it in stereo? You didn't like yeah, it when, yeah. he re- when he <laughs> yeah. remade it in surround sound? Actually, no, I think it was in Dolby Surround from the beginning, I oh. think. Okay. Yeah, no, I look, sounds different. Sound, I'm happy to have it in surround sound, but I don't need any of that stupid 3D You're stuff. You're just disappointed because you, you've dropped $200 for the Blu-ray version, and now you're thinking, well, that's not even yeah, the 3D right. version. I'm, I'm going to need system. another one. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do it. That, How many times can you repackage the same film? Yeah. Well, those uh, those Ewoks would look extra cute in 3D. I think they would, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so I'm not going to do it, and I just wish he would stop doing crazy things like that. All right, what's our time looking like? We've still got a few minutes to yeah. go. We're, we're, it's pretty early. We've done the Gadget Graveyard, so that's important. We, we basically can spend the rest of the time talking about whatever we want. One thing I um, have noticed in the media, and I don't know if you've seen this, they've been referring to Windows Phone 7 by this lovely term of Winfo. Winfo. <laughs> Winfo, which actually I think is a pretty cool name. Uh, and I think it could be part of a sort of special marketing campaign they have to make... The, the Windows Phone 7 sound really badass. It's like, you know, Winfo, it's the mofo of smartphones. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of like the gangster rapper. Look, it can't uh, be worse than trying to say iOS. Yeah, admittedly, that's you say pretty that, dumb. Because most people say, Are you upgraded the latest version of iOS. And they go, mm. no. Oh, what I mean is, have you got the iPhone 4? <laughs> oh, no, I've still got an iPhone 3. No, 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 the iPhone... Oh, look. Yeah, Android. Yeah, Android. <laughs> it's easy to yeah, say, and it's yeah. not the, never the same name as the device, so... Mm. But Winfo, Winfo the Mofo. Winfo the Mofo, I yeah, reckon. I'm yeah, I'm going to buy one. Yeah. Just for that name. It's got some street cred. 
before yeah, it's even released. If Apple don't fix this this iOS for my iPhone, I could be in the market for yeah, a phone uh, you know, by the time Windows Seven, uh, sorry, Winfo uh, settles down. Hey, by the way, happy birthday to Palo Alto Research Centre Park. Park, as we uh, call they them. Turn, they turn forty. Hmm. Uh, I've been to Park. Have you? Oh well, I drove past Park on the way to wow, somewhere I've, else. I've, I've flown over the Grand Canyon at 30,000 <laughs> feet, but I don't think that counts. I, was more, I wasn't quite that far, and we were talking only 100 metres or so. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, well, they did some really cool stuff. They did things like GUIs. GUIs, Ethernet. Uh, oh, the Ethernet, that's right. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about them. Yeah. Nice thing is they did the mouse. They did the mouse. Which, you know, that's kind of exciting, but you've moved on. I, ha- I have moved on. We did think that we'll talk about the death of the mouse because of the magic trick. Much overrated. Um, yeah. Having said that, I did see something um, recently which gave me pause to consider maybe the resurrection of the mouse. And that's this uh, really crazy mouse from Canon. And well, let's see, what's it called? It's a Canon Mark I uh, Mouse X or something. But it's, a, it's really the um, result of the unnatural, unholy congress between a mouse and a pocket calculator. So it's basically a calculator fused onto the back of a mouse. Yeah. And I really couldn't understand who would design such a thing. So it's got its own screen, and it actually does calculations, doesn't it? So it's not just numbers that bring up the calculator on your computer. No, it's actually on... It's actually got its own, yeah. But you can also then use it as a numeric keypad on your computer as well. Yeah, it's got a three-button mouse. It's 1,200 DPI, I think. Yeah, it's good for gaming. Is it good for gaming? (laughs) Yeah, and I suggested that we could use it for calculating attack vectors, but... I that wasn't, was clearly nonsense. That was really. silly, yeah. and I've never calculated attack vectors whilst playing Counter Strike. So you and I, you and I yeah. both agreed that this was kind of stupid. I, I was kind of surprised. I went onto the Engadget website, and they had a title for their review that said, "Canon's X Mark One Mouse excites me and exhilarates me like few gadgets can." I think that's sarcasm. Ah, uh, yeah, that I might have been no. His review, what well, he really? was quite excited. Okay, yeah. I also noted because if you look at the little um, placard that they have next to the mouse, it says it's compatible with Windows or Macintosh. And I'm telling you categorically, this thing is not compatible with any of my mice, and will not have a place in my home. So I'm not convinced, Richard. Magic Trackpad still wins. Okay. Well, I tested, I tested this mouse. concept. I yep. tested this concept with a couple of people I know that are accountants, right. uh, <laughs> who I thought maybe were the target market and. They didn't. They didn't dig it either. So. Right? Did you do this by cranio mocker by taking a calculator? No, I showed them a picture. Rubber banding it to. Uh, yeah. Well, I showed them a picture and, and they got to play with it through yeah, the luminous luminous three uh, D <laughs> Hey, uh, what's that I see over there on top of your iPad case? There, we're going to talk about the Kindle. We're going to talk about the Kindle. It's we're magical. We? It's revolutionary. Uh, uh, really? Are you? Are they sponsoring us this week? Because uh, <laughs> otherwise, those kinds of words are kind of you know hyperbole. Uh, reserved for Jobsy and uh, anyway. That's right. So I I've been I've been tracking Kindle for a long time. So so for those of you that are not in New Zealand, uh, who are wondering why we're excited, New Zealand was excluded from the Amazon rollout when they rolled out to 100 countries, including you know Angola and places. Was it really 100 countries? 100 countries worldwide were allowed to have a Kindle. Damn them. New Zealand was not. <laughs> what um, are we, a third world country <laughs> for technology? I think probably uh, my understanding is it's got something to do with the publishers and where oh, the publishers that's right. allow. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's at least what I thought, but then you could buy books on the okay. Kindle application, mm. so I don't know. Anyway, eventually they remembered that we existed, um, and so it was only about two or three weeks ago that you could actually purchase one of these. Mm. Um, anyway, I've been tracking it for a long time, because um, you know, one of the things I like about the iPod, and lots of people rank, you know, really go on and on about it, is, is the kind of the walled gut, the ecosystem that comes with the iTunes, the iTunes store, oh, right, yeah. that makes it easy. And so Kindle... 
Uh, Amazon have done a very good job of that as well. So if you buy a book, you can download it to your various devices. You don't have to back it up. They'll just send it to you again, so on and so forth. But I kind of like e-readers, and so I can't, I can't remember whether I bought my previous e-reader. No, in. that's probably in the gadget That'll graveyard be in the, now. So <laughs> it is in the gadget yeah, graveyard yeah. now. But um, So I really like the e-ink screens. Yeah, it uh, is nice. What I yeah. don't like in my original e- e-book reader was the three to four second lag it would take to change screens. Right, show me. And if you look at the that. Amazon Kindle, yep. you'll notice that it's all oh. sub-second, which oh, yeah. for an e-ink screen pretty is good. actually pretty remarkable and and kindle uh, amazon themselves have actually put a lot of effort into optimizing the technology not just relying right. on the, on the screen quite proud of it i'm are. not so sure i like the flashing that could cause epileptic seizures in certain readers you get used to it it's one of those things it's uh, it's easy the thing about the kindle is it's yeah. very easy to criticize it's very easy to look at and go oh it's got a really naff key oh, oh, yeah. it's got annoying flashing uh you know surfing it's, the web on it it's I, slow. I have tried surfing yeah. the web on it it's it's appalling you know, the fact that they even include a browser is almost like a marketeering right. you know, piece of technology. Yeah. So, a unifunctional uh, device, then, really, is it? It, it really is. is. And it, so, yeah. you've got to say, I'm buying it because I want to read content. Yeah. And particularly, you know, uh, you want to read content sequentially. So, essentially, you want to read a book. It's not something where you want to be flitting around. You don't want to be reading RSS feeds. You just want to right. read content from start to finish, a bit like you would read a book. And for that, it's excellent. Um, excellent. It is. No, I'm yeah. very serious. No, okay. Um, You're going to rate this. I have to say, so I can read content on my iPad yeah. and on here. Same content. Both same, right? content same content, yeah, right? Both Amazon, content. Kindle. And I would choose this every time. Really? The Kindle every time. Really? Okay. Um, even the, you know, it's harder to do annotations, but it's such a comfortable device to hold because it's so light. It's 200 mm. grams. It's a really comfortable device to look at. What I tend to find that if, if I look at the iPad for extended periods of time, you start to notice the pixels, you start to notice the glow, and it, it kind of it actually irritates me. Okay, I have to say. Whereas yeah. the Kindle, you actually get to a point, and you know, it sounds a bit kind of twee, but you do really start to forget that you're actually looking. You know, it's a device. That's perfect technology. It is, and the, mm. and the nice thing about a uni a uni functional functional device, device yeah. thank you, uni is is that if you get bored of what you're reading, so for example, you're reading a tech manual, there's nothing else you can do with it, so you kind of keep going, so you don't get distracted. Whereas I find on the iPad, I think. I I just got a Flipboard, or right, yeah. I just check my emails. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas again, you know, it's really it is incredibly small, incredibly light. Does it uh, have sound as well? Because you can it get does. it to read. It will, it will read to can, me. Go on, let's have a listen. Uh, well, you just entertain the listeners. All right. Well, we're just watching Richard use the incredibly small keyboard, which I think he is struggling with because he's got larger than normal hands. Well, not much larger, but slightly larger than mine. Would you like it as a man or a woman? <laughs> Karen and Lawrence are not really in it as such. So I'm not sure if we need to worry about them. Hmm. Karen had a dotted line to Okay, you wouldn't listen to a whole book, would you? Unless you like ab- Okay, you can turn that off now. Uh, you-, <laughs> uh, you wouldn't listen to a whole book then, unless you really... Uh, it might appeal to some... It's an experimental feature. Yeah. They've, they've yeah. admitted it's an experimental feature. What I actually found was, um, I've only used it once, and I have to say, um, yeah, I'm not sure I'd rush to use it again. It's actually kind of nice to have it read to you while you're reading along. Particularly um, when the I... big words, eh? Well, when I found it was quite useful was when I was kind of tired and I didn't really want to read the content. It was quite technical yeah. content. It was, you know, a book about, I don't know, IT strategy. <laughs> oh, God, uh, boring. Was was it kind of made me keep moving along because right. I, I had to keep up with the voice, um, whereas otherwise I probably would have just glazed over and stared out the window at the harbour. So. Okay. So what you're telling me, it's a little bit like television where, some you know, you can't... If you only had one channel on television and you were watching it, and it was really boring, you'd just be forced to keep watching it because there was nothing else you could do. Yeah, but sometimes that's really important. You know, yeah, um, okay. 
you, know, you don't right. want to be distracted. But yeah. I have to say, I think I, I really yeah. rate them. Um, I have to say the one thing that I find that, that it does have in common with the iPad, it doesn't support Flash. <laughs> uh, what would you rate it out of five? Five. Ooh, that's like your highest rating ever. Five as an ebook reader. That's and you know, I've seen a lot and I've spent a lot of time researching them and I have one and I've paid Good. twice as much for that as I did for the Kindle. Right. Essentially the same capabilities and it. You're happy. If you're buying an ebook reader, I, I have to say I haven't played with the Kobo, so I can't comment. I think that just seeing it work there, it's faster than the Kobo for scrolling to yeah. the next page. And that's what it's all about. You yeah. want it to just disappear. You don't want to be annoyed by the flash. And I have to say, on the old one, yeah. the flash drove me mad. The delay and then the flash. Well, folks, that's the highest rating we've ever had from Richard. It's only the second product he's actually rated, I think. Yeah, or possibly the first. Second. No, we did the... Do we forget? The Seagate Momentous XT oh, Solid yes. State uh, Hybrid Drive. Quite right, quite so, right. But that's, that's higher than uh, even the Magic Trackpad goal, which was only four and a half stars out of five. Well, so. this is perfection. I think you're going to regret that because you're going to, we're going to get another gadget at some point. Um, but not in the same category. No, no, no. Okay, and so of e-books, this is the king of e-book that readers. king of e-book readers. King of yeah. e-book readers. All right. Well, that should probably do us for now because we're actually um, a little bit over time again. We are, but I just want to quickly say okay. Apple TV on the way. On the way. All right, folks. On a plane folks. somewhere. That hopefully means that next time we'll actually be able to dissect it, pull it apart, talk about it, and I'll be able to see whether it's actually something I should actually get excited about and later. Whether you have to apologise for your fem- uh, former apology. Yeah, because I might become a hater again. I might become yeah. a hater again. All right. All right. Hey, well, everybody, thanks for geeking out with us. We're the Ministry of Geek. <laughs>